Katy Perry is fighting back against a jury's ruling that Dark Horse ripped off a song from Christian rapper Flame. We'll tell you more. A new study finds that millennials are the first majority non-Christian generation in U.S. history. And finally, that Kanye West Jesus is King album looks like it's actually going to be a movie. That's all ahead. This is Daily. It's relevant. It's daily. relevant daily. Relevant daily. Relevant daily. It's relevant daily. Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Carey. Welcome to Relevant Daily, where we bring you what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. All those stories are coming up, but first, a word from our sponsor. At Baylor University's Truett Seminary, kingdom-minded women and men are equipped to follow their callings. Wholeheartedly committed to rigorous academic instruction and intentional spiritual formation, Truett offers seven Master of Divinity graduate certificates, as well as seven joint degrees in the fields of law, business, education, social work, and music. Wherever your calling may take you, Truett Seminary will help to prepare you for the journey. Learn more at baylor.edu forward slash Truett. All right. To tell us about today's stories, it's our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Tyler, what's going on, man? Hey, Jesse. Nice to have you on The Daily today. Happy Friday. Yeah, same to you. (laughs) All right, man. Well, let's jump right to it. This is an update to a story that we've been actually following since earlier this summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Katy Perry isn't taking that ruling on plagiarism charges that were first leveled against her by the Christian rapper Flame. She's not going down without a fight. What's the latest update here, man? Yeah, an interesting kind of unexpected update. So Katy Perry and her legal team are appealing that recent decision that found that the pop singer stole elements of Christian rapper Flame song Joyful Noise this summer. Uh, So a jury had ordered that Flame be paid $2.78 million after the jury ruled that it sounded too similar to Perry's hit Dark Horse. Uh, Just in case you haven't heard, here's a clip of both those tracks uh, to refresh your memory. So uh, Perry and her team's appeal documents don't really mince words about what they think about Flame. Uh, Flame's real name is Michael Gray. Uh, They wrote that, quote, Plaintiffs did not offer proof of one single digital or brick-and-mortar sale of Joyful Noise or the album Our World Redeemed and admitted that that they have no such evidence. Plaintiffs adduced no evidence of any sales and no documentary evidence of any radio or television play or of any actual performances of Joyful Noise. Uh, Though the song does have millions of YouTube streams, Perry's team said the few million views of Joyful Noise on the internet presented by plaintiffs over a period of five years equals an undisputed drop in the bucket in modern day view count statistics and can hardly constitute widespread dissemination. So really uh, pulling no punches in their belief that this uh, video doesn't really, uh, there's just no value. There's no value to it. And they, they can kind of contest that they could have even heard of this song before creating Dark Horse. Yeah. And it seems, <laughs> it seems a little personal. Like they're throwing some shade on flame. Like, you know, oh, we don't sure. know if he sold an album and you know, <laughs> obviously this one is not being tried in the court of public opinion. You know, this mm-hmm. is right, you know, right. the, the PR thing is already kind of the horses have sort of left the barn in that case. But, uh, 
you know, if you're coming out swinging like that, um, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how a jury views those mm-hmm. words, you know, when this comes to an appeal. So, uh, exactly. Well, next up, Tyler, there's been a landmark new study from Pew about religion in America. This one I was pretty shocked by. I read, a, you know, obviously Pew does a lot of um, interesting studies and is real methodical about the way that they collect research. But this one really surprised me. Yeah, same here. So first off, some of the broad views of this very big landmark study. Pew Research Center telephone surveys conducted in 2018, 2019. 65% of American adults described themselves as Christians when asked about their religion. That's down 12 percentage points over the last decade. Meanwhile, the religiously unaffiliated share of the population, consisting of people who describe their religious identity as atheist or agnostic or nothing in particular, now stands at 26%. That's up from 17% in 2009. Huge shifts in just 10 years' time. Also, 43% of U.S. adults identify with Protestantism. That's down from 51% in 2009. And one in five adults are Catholic. It's down from 23% in 2009. Meanwhile, the nuns uh, are uh, are coming back kind of in full force. They're becoming a much bigger share of the population. Atheists account for 4% of U.S. adults. That's up from 2% in 2009, doubling their percentage in just 10 years. Agnostics make up 5% of the U.S., up from 3% a decade ago. And 17% of Americans now describe their religion as nothing in particular, up from 12% in 2009. Uh, and actually, believe it or not, members of non-Christian religions like uh, like Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, these have all grown modestly as a share of the adult population as well. Christianity, the only one seeing significant declines. Hmm. Now, when it comes to millennials, you know, relatively young Americans, where do they mm-hmm. come in play? And are they outliers in any kind of way? Well, the generational uh, divide here is pretty striking. So more than eight in 10 members of what's called the silent generation, those are people born between 1928 and 1945, describe themselves as Christians. So a huge majority, 84%. Same can be said of three quarters of baby boomers. Now, in contrast, only half, a little less than half, actually, of millennials, 49% describe themselves as Christians. This is the first time in U.S. history that a generation has had less than half a non-majority of people who describe themselves as Christians. Four in 10 of millennials are part of those nuns, and uh, one in 10 millennials identify with non-Christian faiths like Islam, Judaism, and Buddhism. So th- that's a lot of interesting numbers, but tell me what, what, what the, the, the big, give me the, give me the big picture. What's the big takeaway here? Well, we've known Christianity has been declining for a long time, right? And what's more, we actually know why, thanks to some of the research done at Pew. Also, our friends over at Barna have put together a lot of studies on this. Uh, studies show that uh, most non-Christians identify Christianity with negative traits, bigotry, xenophobia, and homophobia. Mm. They don't want to be associated with these negative attributes that they perceive to be coming from the Christian church. We also know that Christianity in America has been cultural for a long time, right? Uh, so in a lot of ways, what we're seeing here is less a decline in people who are Christian and more a decline in people who say they're Christian. People mm. don't feel the need to identify within it anymore on a cultural level. Uh, and we've also seen some studies that suggest that people who actually, who still do identify as Christian, believe in it more than they used to. They're more committed. They go to church more often. They pray more often. read their Bibles more often. So you're seeing sort of a winnowing of people who didn't really care that much in a lot of ways instead of an overall decline in 
uh, capital C Christianity, yeah. let's say. Yeah, there, they, there's definitely some nuance there, you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that are hard that are hard to capture in a study. Yeah, and and I I guess you could see this two ways where people are sort of rejecting labels and tribalism, but not necessarily rejecting values and beliefs. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that 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 could be one of the implications of of this particular study. It could be, yeah, very well could be. There's a lot of there's a lot that we have yet to see here. And it'll definitely be an interesting next couple of generations in terms of religion in America. Yeah. Well, finally, <laughs> our old friend <laughs> Kanye West. Uh, we have somewhat of an update about the Jesus is King quote unquote album that may actually now just be a movie. What is mm-hmm. going on <laughs> with this? Well, that's a good question because, as we, as you know, uh, Jesus is King was supposed to come out at the end of last month. That didn't happen. It's been pushed back and delayed. And now, on Friday, this very morning, IMAX released a trailer for Jesus is King, a Kanye West film. Uh, looks like it's going to be an IMAX movie, apparently. The whole thing will be one of Kanye's Sunday services that we've talked about so much, filmed in artist James Terrell's gorgeous Roden Center that's in Arizona, and it's being directed by famous British fashion photographer, a guy named Nick Knight. Via the press release, uh, it says this was filmed in the summer of 2019. Jesus is King brings Kanye West's famed Sunday service to life in the Roden Center. Uh, visionary artist James Terrell's never-before-seen installation in Arizona's Painted Desert. This one-of-a-kind experience features songs arranged by West and the gospel tradition, along with new music from his forthcoming album, Jesus is King, all presented in the immersive sound and stunning clarity of the IMAX experience. So, a lot of and kind of typical, what we can expect from Kanye these days, a lot of like very bold, grand-sounding yeah. ideas, a lot of gospel uh, language being used here. It's hard to not be at least a little intrigued by it, but also uh, people are understandably a little confused by whether or not this Kanye is this Kanye West thing a. Uh, as I saw Alan Noble, our friend Alan Noble, explain it on Twitter, is this a conversion or a rebranding? And it's yeah. just kind of hard to know right now. Yeah, and with just just the flex of basically doing like uh, a concert film slash extended video. Uh, you know, extended extended music video on the same medium where you would see like Avatar or a Christopher uh-huh, Nolan exactly. movie. So, yeah, right, right. So it is a flex there. Oh, well, it'll be interesting to see people. Well, hey, listen, uh, Tyler, thanks, man. Hey, thank you, Jesse. Hey, if you want to see that trailer for Jesus is King and you want to see everything else we're covering, be sure to head over to relevantmagazine.com. And for the latest, follow us on social, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, you know, you know where to find us. Uh, <laughs> and also, be sure to subscribe to our other podcasts. You can uh, uh, subscribe to them uh, wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and get the print magazine. Right now, we have uh, an incredible conversation with Malcolm Gladwell. He's the featured cover story on our 101st issue of Relevant Magazine. So remember, we're here every day bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Relevant Daily. Relevant Daily.